It's time that you know your rights, period. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Brown Woman Health Podcast. My name is Amik, and in today's episode, we will be talking about PCOS. So in today's episode, we have a special guest, Coach Nush. Name is Anushri Mahajan, and she has an amazing Instagram account. You should definitely go check it out. But could you introduce yourself? Yeah, yeah. Hello, everybody. Anushri here. So I am a PCOS coach and entrepreneur. And basically, as a PCOS coach, what I do is I help women with PCOS essentially learn to manage their symptoms and even reverse their symptoms naturally through diet and lifestyle change. And they would do this in a holistic way that's not only about diet and exercise, but also we're looking at sleep, stress management, we're looking at um, supplementation and even mindset. And um, I just saw that there was such a huge gap in this area and women were not, women with PCOS were not getting the help that they needed. And of course, I myself have PCOS. Uh, I was able to reverse my symptoms naturally through diet and lifestyle change after trying what doctors had recommended, which was to be on birth control and to be on metformin or glucophage um, for about 10 years. And that really didn't do much for me in terms of helping me with my PCOS symptoms, but I didn't really know that there was much that could be done. And it was only when I myself learned more about the condition, I did my research, I learned about nutrition, um, and I really did a whole process of trial and error that I discovered that you can actually reverse your PCOS symptoms in a natural way without medication um, and holistically and learn to manage it for the rest of your life because it is a, um, you know, lifelong condition. That doesn't mean that it has to be scary or challenging to deal with. It just means that whatever you do, you want to work towards maintaining a lifestyle that's going to help you manage your symptoms. So yeah, so I that's something that I just jumped into and I um, really wanted to help other women um, get the results that I got and actually inform them and teach them and educate them about PCOS because we are just not given that information when we are diagnosed and when we go see the doctor. And uh, many women suffer for years and years and years before they even get diagnosed. And even after they get diagnosed, they're no closer to understanding the condition or knowing how to manage it or deal with it and even knowing what it means for their future health. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, no, I think that it's amazing that you're able to create this path and like pioneer it, especially as a South Asian woman, because um, I don't know the exact facts and I'm going to ask you about this soon as well, but I know it's very prominent within South Asian women and seeing someone with that same background and giving that sort of advice, that sort of coaching and even not just your, your clients are not just South Asian. I'm assuming like you, right. Yes. You have a great diverse range of women. Um, <laughs> that you're helping and I think it's really cool because there's a lot that needs to be done with PCOS I was listening to another podcast about just women's health in general and like 
research and there have been very little advances in research because a lot of these times like research is very dominated by males and they don't even know like endometriosis half the time right it's like something that you're really learning as years goes by um so that kind of leads me into my next question so pcos is commonly misunderstood and if not very underdiagnosed especially in the U.S. Um, and so my question to you is how common is it? Yeah so you know that's actually a pretty complicated question because they haven't been able to exactly quantify how many women or how prevalent it is. Um, there's a lot of differences in different places of the world of how it's diagnosed and what is considered, um, you know, diagnostic criteria for being diagnosed with PCOS. And then also based on the region of the world that you're in, it might be more common depending on your ethnicity. Um, and it's just such a complex syndrome that, the symptoms, they just fluctuate, you know? So one, one month you could go to the doctor and describe these symptoms and they could test you and you're, they're like, oh, you have PCOS. And then maybe a few months later, you could go to the same doctor, you go to another doctor and they're like, oh, actually, no, you don't have PCOS. So it's just like very complex in that sense. But if I were to say, you know, what is generally accepted as a prevalence is between 10 to 15% of the world's population of women have PCOS. And of course, depending on where you're, you are, uh, like in India or like South Asian women in particular, the prevalence might be even higher than that, right? Um, but I think earlier, if, let's say maybe... A decade, two decades ago, um, it used to be only 10%. They would say 10% of women have PCOS, right? But again, it's underdiagnosed. And so it's, it's just very complex. So it's hard to give a exact number, but I, I always say between 10 to 20% of women worldwide have PCOS or are diagnosed with PCOS. So how does the diagnosis process work? And is there like a set in stone, like black and white way to test whether or not you have PCOS? Yeah. So uh, generally what's accepted is uh, what I believe is called the Rotterdam criteria. And there are three things that would note that you have PCOS. And if you have two of these three things, then you would be diagnosed with PCOS. So the first one is if you have irregular menstrual cycles, um, that may be amenorrhea, like you're not getting your cycle at all, or it's coming, but it's coming like maybe every, it'll come in, in 40 days and then it'll come in 60 days. So just like very regular in that sense, um, or very, you know, heavy periods or periods that don't stop. They just keep going. Like you can start your period and then it can be weeks and then maybe it'll stop for a week and then they'll start again. So irregular cycles is, is the first thing. The second thing is having high levels of androgens. So androgens are male hormones and those are in particular testosterone, DHEAS and andestyone. So they're going to test those three 
to test your androgens. And if they're on the higher side, that means you have higher levels of androgens. So that's the second thing. And the third thing is if you have cysts, so cysts in quotation marks on your ovaries. So ovarian cysts are very different from the cysts that you would talk about when you're talking about polycystic ovarian syndrome. Then what you have when you have PCOS is not cysts. What they are are follicles. And these follicles are unmatured eggs that haven't matured to being able to be released and ovulated, and then they could potentially be fertilized. And that's also contributing to the irregular cycles because you're not ovulating. You're not, you're not able to mature your eggs in your ovaries every month to the full potential, and they're not being able to release, and you're not able to have your menstrual cycle because of that. And that is caused by the irregular hormones that you have, that imbalance in hormones. So those are the three things, irregular cycles, the um, high levels of androgens, and then the cysts or follicles on your ovaries. And the cysts or follicles on your ovaries would be uh, evaluated via an ultrasound. So they would do an ultrasound on your ovaries. And if those cysts follicles come on there, um, then they would say, okay, this is a sign of PCOS. So if you have two of those three things, you would be diagnosed with PCOS. Got it. And around what age does this happen? Um, so there is no age, you know, women, uh, it really depends on what doctor you're seeing and if they're uh, well-versed and well-aware of PCOS symptoms and if they even care to check, right? So the issue is when it comes to women's health, whenever we come and we talk about, um, you know, irregular menstrual cycles or we talk about pain or we talk, you know, as as anything to do with women's health in general, um the medical community makes us believe that things are normal that are not normal. They're really not. Like these things are happening because they're signs your body is giving you that something's not right in your body. So when you have an irregular cycle or when you have really heavy, painful periods, this is not normal. And we have been taught to believe that this is just what happens. This is what you are supposed to expect as a woman. And so a lot of times women experience symptoms that either they don't get addressed because they have been led to believe that this is just normal, or when they do go to the doctor and they say that, okay, I'm having these symptoms and I feel like you know, this is not okay, they're being dismissed and either they're being given birth control or they're being given pain meds and they're being sent on their way, right? So oftentimes when a woman has potential for being diagnosed with PCOS or any other women's health condition early, at an early stage, they are just not because they go to the doctor or they either don't go to the doctor and they don't go because they think, you know, this is normal or they go and they're dismissed and they're told like, 
this is normal. Like you don't need to worry about this. And it just progresses and progresses and progresses. And usually it's usually years when things have gotten really extreme and their hormonal imbalance has become very severe that their symptoms are now just like screaming out there that you go to the doctor and the doctor is like, finally like, oh, okay, let, let me do some testing on you. And then they get diagnosed, right? Um, or they have symptoms and then they try to get pregnant and they're not able to conceive. And they go to the doctor and the doctor's like, oh, this is why you're not able to conceive because you have PCOS. So there's a few things at play here. One of them is that we are not listening to our bodies. Um, and even if we are listening to our bodies, we're, we, we think that this is normal for us to feel this way. Mm-hmm. And then we might go to the doctor. We might try to seek help for some of these symptoms that we're experiencing, but we may be dismissed and we might be told that this is normal um, or here's some birth control. This should fix some stuff, you know, maybe come back in six months. Um, or... Yeah. So, so those are the things that are happening. So depending on who you see, you know, which doctor you're seeing, luckily when I was 15, um, I think my symptoms were just like all out there. I had, I was overweight. I had no cycle. Uh, my period was not coming. Um, and then I had a lot of symptoms of high levels of androgens, like hair loss and facial hair growth and acne. And so the doctor saw me and the doctor was like, for sure. Like it's, it's clear that this is PCOS. Unfortunately, women don't always have all of those symptoms. Like if their bodies are are not already in that place where their bodies are screaming at them, that this is, there's something wrong, right? They might have just very few symptoms, but still it's a sign that something is not right and you need to get tested and you need to evaluate that. And that's one of the issues that we're not getting diagnosed soon enough. It's usually when things are very extreme that we get diagnosed and it's like, oh my gosh, I have all these things going on. I don't know how to deal with this. Right. Whereas if you were diagnosed a few years earlier, um, you would, it would have been a little more manageable for you to address your symptoms. Right. Um, So I guess this is a very complicated answer to your question, but uh, women with PCOS get diagnosed honestly at any age after they hit puberty um, and they they are able to have a period. Um, They can get diagnosed in their teens, in their 20s, in their 30s, even in their 40s. Um, Yeah. That leads me to my next question as well. So you mentioned you reversed your PCOS symptoms. What does reversing them mean? Does that mean you you don't have PCOS anymore um, or symptoms? Well, yeah. Can you explain that? Yeah. Yeah. So this, this you know, oftentimes people uh, think of this as very controversial. Like, how dare you say that you can reverse PCOS? Um so I guess <laughs> let me let me uh, start off with what reverse versus cure means. So when you cure something, um, essentially whatever you have done, whether it's take a specific medicine or take a vaccination or whatever it is, you've done something that now it doesn't matter what you do, you won't ever get that illness again. Now you cannot 
cure chronic illnesses. You cannot cure lifestyle diseases like heart disease or diabetes or PCOS is a lifestyle disease. But what I mean by reverse is that you can balance out whatever imbalance you have in your body that's causing the expression of that condition. So in the case of PCOS, the imbalance is within your hormones. It's also within your metabolic function. Um, if you can balance your hormones out, if you can improve your me metabolism, you can essentially not have the symptoms that are caused by that imbalance. And hence you have reversed, right? You've reversed those symptoms. Um, but reversing means that if you do something like you've made some changes in your diet and lifestyle to help you find that balance in your hormones or find that balance in your body, if you ever stray away from that, if you ever go back to your old habits, then your symptoms mm -hmm. may come back, right? So reversing means finding the balance, but whatever is imbalanced, bringing it back to balance and whatever you had to do to bring it back to into balance, you have to maintain that right? Otherwise, the minute that you stray away from that, it's going to become imbalanced again, and you're going to get the symptoms, right? So it's controversial because people are like, how dare you say that you can, you know, reverse a condition? Um, honestly, I just like to bring hope and positivity to a condition that is very um, hard to deal with and is very negative. And so, by saying to someone that you can reverse your symptoms, that is something very empowering. That is something that someone can take and say, oh, wow, I can reverse this. I can do something. I can change my diet and lifestyle. I can bring things that are imbalanced back into balance and I won't have the symptoms anymore and they won't be impacting my quality of life, right? So I choose to say that. I choose to believe that, right? And um, people who follow me also choose to believe that. <laughs> and I think it's so important bringing this sort of positivity to PCOS. So in general, what, how do you go about treating PCOS and how do you lower any risks for complications? Like you mentioned exercise, is that like a common one? Do you recommend weight loss is like one of the main ways mm -hmm. to manage your symptoms? Yeah. So unfortunately, I think that, um, the weight loss, uh, sort of, uh, promotion, promoting weight loss as probably the only thing that is promoted for managing yeah. PCOS, um, besides medication, um, has proven to be, very negative for women's mental health and also for their relationship to their body and their relationship with food. And that is why a lot of women with PCOS, um, one struggle with their weight and also struggle with disordered eating. It might not be an eating disorder, uh, but it, it, it definitely is disordered eating, uh, disordered eating. And they have a very um, unhealthy relationship with food and their body and even with their PCOS and, and, you know, that's also impacting their mental health. So what I'm trying to say is that weight loss can help you with your PCOS symptoms. However, it is just, it is just drilled down by 
every professional that you will seek help from for your PCOS, every doctor, every nutritionist, every fitness trainer, everyone and their mom will tell you that you need to lose weight for your PCOS, right? Um, and women do some very extreme things in the name of weight loss that prove to be very harmful for their body. And that causes their symptoms to be exacerbated. So they might have lost some weight, they might have seen some benefits, but they now see other uh, problems popping up. So I'll just give you an example, my example. So I was weight loss was drilled down as like what I had to do in order to deal with my PCOS. That's what everyone told me, all the doctors told me. I did intermittent fasting, I did keto, which is no carbs, high fat, no carb diet. I, I worked out for two hours every day um, and I lost 50 pounds, right? Great. Yay me. I lost 50 pounds. Um, I saw an improvement in my PCOS symptoms. However, after a while, very restrictive, um, it, it really messed with my relationship with my body, with my with food. I feared carbs. I thought carbs were the devil. I feared sugar. Um, and it affected my mental health. And then I also noticed some physical signs. I started losing a lot of hair, um, because I wasn't eating, right. I was trying to lose weight. I wasn't eating. And so no nutrients for my body. I was losing hair. I, uh, my, my metabolism had slowed down significantly. Um, I was always cold. Um, and my energy was completely inconsistent. I was craving coffee constantly throughout the day in order to, to get some energy. So these were all signs to me that what I was doing was not helping my body. And though I felt good, I had lost weight. I looked better, right? Um, I had a terrible relationship with food and I had disordered eating, um, and so a very common thing that is now on social media, specifically for PCOS, because the biggest PCOS page on um, social media promotes this as their solution to PCOS is gluten and dairy free. So every day I probably get um, at least one DM from someone who's asking me, you know, I want to do gluten and dairy free. Can you tell me how um, or what do you think about gluten free? gluten dairy free? Should I do that? Again, it's a very restrictive thing, right? And um, I have a whole IGTV about my thoughts on that and why it, it's it's not the gluten and cutting out the gluten and dairy that's giving you the benefits that you're receiving. You're receiving those benefits because you are now eating less processed food and you are actually um, reading your labels and you're actually uh, knowing what you're putting in your body. And if you do those simple things, of course your health will improve whether or not you cut out gluten and dairy. Right. Um, I forgot your question now, but I will say, <laughs> hopefully that answers. Yeah. It. Um, so a follow up to it is so weight loss, yeah. weight loss was the question. Now I remember. Yes. Um, yeah. So if, Weight loss isn't really it. What are ways to manage your symptoms or what are some treatment <laughs> methods? Totally, <laughs> totally. So that's helpful. The way to address your PCOS is, 
Again, look at it very holistically. You're looking at nutrition, movement, sleep, stress management, supplementation, appropriate supplementation, because oftentimes women think that they just need to take all the supplements in the world and that's going to solve their, their issues appropriate supplementation and also addressing your mindset, also addressing your relationship with your body, your relationship with food, self-love, you know? Um, And you all, you want to make changes that are sustainable, right? So another issue with doing a restrictive diet or doing a gluten and dairy free diet is that if it's not sustainable for you, what is the point? Because the minute that you stop doing those things, whatever results you achieved from doing those things will reverse and and you'll get your symptoms back, right? So you want to find a way of making changes that are going to last, right? So in terms of nutrition, I'll start with nutrition. You have to evaluate the food that you're eating, the quality of the food that you're eating. Um, You have to limit uh, things, processed food, things with a lot of additives, preservatives, um, anything that comes in a package where the ingredients, there's like 50 ingredients on there and you don't know what 95% of them are, right? Um, You also want to limit plant oils. So things like canola oil, sunflower oil, um, grapefruit oil, soybean oil, these fats, these polyunsaturated fats are highly inflammatory and they promote insulin resistance. So if you were to avoid anything, I would say avoid this. And instead of having that, use other healthy fats, uh, predominantly coconut, olive oil, um, avocado oil, and then animal fats, like uh, saturated fat, like lard and, um, you know, fat and dairy products, um, ghee, butter, uh, use these foods to prepare your, use these healthy fats to prepare your foods, right? As opposed to all of these other fats. Now, unfortunately, if you were to go out and eat because these plant oils are very cheap. That's what the food that you go out and eat is going to be cooked in, right? So the feeling that you get when you eat these like food that you didn't prepare yourself and you don't feel so good in your digestion, it's predominantly because of these polyunsaturated fats, right? So I also encourage you to cook more, prepare more of your meals, right? So it's not about cut this food group out or cut that out or cut that out. It's about really evaluating what it is that you put in your body every day, right? Um, And also evaluating how does the different food that you're eating impact how you feel on a daily basis? How does this, you know, uh, plate of food or this fruit or whatever it is impact my mood, my energy levels, and my digestion on a daily basis? So the work that I predominantly do with my clients is all about building body awareness. And that's how I help them create the perfect way of eating for them. I don't believe that there's a one size fits all. So any generic advice out there that is for PCOS, it it just doesn't make sense. Every every single body is different. Everyone has different lifestyles. Everyone has different symptoms. Everyone has different preferences. And so you have to find what works for you within the context of your life. Again, because PCOS is not a temporary condition. It's a lifelong condition that you want to learn to manage throughout right. your life, right? So that's nutrition. 
Um, in terms of movement, uh, I recommend, you know, just moving your body. Like it doesn't have to be intense, extreme exercise. I like to do yoga. I like to walk. I like to, uh, dance, you know, honestly, again, part of diet culture is just the thinking that exercise has to be a one hour intense extreme session where we're sweating, we're panting, we're exhausted, we're depleted. That's what counts as exercise. However, that is over-exercising. And when you have PCOS, over-exercising increases your stress hormones and that increases the hormonal imbalance in your body. And so you may be doing a HIT session every single HIT is high intensity interval training, which is intense, you know, working out every single day. And you're like, I'm doing this to lose weight. I'm doing this to feel better. And you're actually gaining weight because your body is, your stress hormones are going through the roof and that's cortisol. Cortisol um, prevents fat burning and actually causes your body to store fat. So when we talk about movement, Find movement that you enjoy. Find things that you enjoy doing. When you enjoy something, you will be able to be consistent with it. It's not about it's not about like motivation or willpower. And that's how things are sustainable. So that's movement. Do you want me to go through every single aspect? <laughs> like each of those six pillars of health that I usually, you know, I talk about. I talk about a lot about all of these things on my page. Um, I don't know if you yeah. You want to go? Through um, no, I, if if you'd like, we can go through all that. If you want to just mention the six and then like, the yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, I think we talked about nutrition, movement. We talked about sleep. Simply sleep. You want to get enough, and you want to get good quality sleep. Talked where the next thing is stress management. Um, so this is really important, right? So you really want to manage stress because I, as I was talking about cortisol and how that can really exacerbate the hormonal imbalance in your body, right? And we live in a very stressful world, right? We are constantly bombarded with stress. Um, and you want to start practicing things that are going to help you lower stress. Uh, things like meditation, things like deep breathing. Uh, yoga is great for helping you manage stress. Um, self-care practices, you know, doing something for yourself every day. Uh, even if it's something as simple as like, you know, having a deep conversation with a friend or, uh, a, you know, preparing or, or doing like a face mask for yourself at home or getting a facial, getting a massage, going for a long walk, you know, um, being mindful when, when you are present, when you're mindful, um, that's when your body lowers stress. That's when your nervous system switches into a more relaxed state into the, the parasympathetic state, which we are never in. We're always in the stressed out sympathetic state, right? Um, but when we are present, when we are mindful, when we actually notice what we're doing, when we're paying attention to the world around us, um, listening to music, anything it is that helps you lower stress, that is very important to incorporate in your daily life when you have PCOS. And learning to manage stress, every, for everyone it's going to look different what that is, um, but I highly encourage you to make that you know, one of the main things you do to help you manage your PCOS. So that's stress management. The next thing is supplementation. Um, with supplementation, oftentimes women just want to take all the supplements, right? However, 
the majority of supplements out there are in the synthetic form. That means they were made in a lab. They're not in the most bioavailable, which means they're not in, the, in, a, in a form that's most absorbable and usable by your body. But vitamins and minerals in food sources, those are the most bioavailable, right? So if you have a vitamin D deficiency, which is the majority of women, PCOS or not, if you have access to sunlight, sit outside in the sun for 20 minutes yeah. every day um, without sunscreen because you need to absorb the UV rays, right? If you're sitting out there, if you're outside for more than like 30 minutes, okay, put on some sunscreen. But you are actually blocking any sort of sun and vitamin D if you are just constantly lathering yourself with sunscreen, right? Um, so that's the best way to get your vitamin D. Um, the two supplements that I will recommend for PCOS, um, no matter who you are, and of course, run this by your doctor, this is just a general recommendation, are something called Ovocetol, which is basically an inositol supplement. Inositol is vitamin B6. And what it does is it helps you uh, metabolize carbohydrates and sugar effectively so that your cells can use it for energy. Now, when you have PCOS, you are more than more often than not, you are insulin resistant, which means that you are not absorbing carbohydrates and sugar. And instead, you're just storing it as fat. So taking an inositol supplement, specifically this avositol product, which is a combination of myonositol and dechironositol, when you take that, that helps you to metabolize carbohydrates and sugar better. And it also helps you with balancing out your hormones and healing your menstrual cycle, right? Now, supplements on their own are not going to do anything for you. Supplements are just that. They are a supplement to whatever you, whatever actions you take in your diet and lifestyle to help you with your PCOS, right? So Avastol is one. The second one is magnesium. So taking a magnesium supplement is going to be extremely beneficial if you have PCOS. Actually, I think all women should take a magnesium. Um, magnesium is takes part in over 500 reactions in your body. And we are often deficient in magnesium. And if we have PCOS, we are even more deficient in magnesium. So taking a magnesium supplement is going to have, like, I, I can't even like tell you all the benefits, right? Um, what I can tell you for sure is that it's going to help you sleep better. It's going to help calm your body down. It's going to help you relax. Um, and uh, I actually worked with a client who, you know, just taking magnesium helped her with her cycle and it started coming back just by taking a magnesium supplement, right? Um, so those are two supplements that I would recommend. And then the last thing is the mindset piece, right? Um, really, really doing the inner work and, and evaluating your relationship with your body and uh, finding that self-love, right? And, and evaluating your relationship with food, with exercise, with anything to do with diet culture. We all have these beliefs um, that we really need to break and they're not serving us in any way, right? And um, mental health is, is really an issue when you have PCOS because of that hormonal imbalance. And then of course, because of the symptoms you have and um, the judgments of others um, and how you feel about yourself, like your mental health takes 
you know, a beating. So uh, addressing your mental health is also really important. So there, there really is no easy way <laughs> to talk about PCOS, to address PCOS, but it can be so helpful to work with someone who is an expert in this. And just because you're a doctor, it does not mean that you're an yeah. expert, right? Um, and there's, there's few of us, it's, it's far and few between, but um, educating yourself. And if you're ready to work with someone, I would say that is probably the best investment that you can make in yourself for your PCOS. And I think it's great because you really focus on holistic care, which is so rare when you're seeing a doctor or whatever. Like, I think that it's so important to right. address what you're saying, mindset and all of that. It makes such a huge difference. And I don't have PCOS or anything, but I still think that like, even with other uh in general, with a lot of illnesses and disease, I've seen cancer in my family, for example. And I think yeah. that also really needs a more holistic approach with mindset and all of that. So um, just comparing right. like all of this, I think the work that you're doing is amazing. And it's so great that you're out there as well um, with your Instagram page. So if you want more information <laughs> on this, please definitely go check out um, Coach Mush. Uh, and then we talked a little bit and you recommended ghee for like South Asian lifestyle and all of that. So is diabetes, yes. this is like 20 questions in one, but is diabetes <laughs> related in any sense to PCOS? And in general, like as a South Asian woman, like what are some of the differences you see, if any, having PCOS? Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, insulin resistance is basically like pre-diabetes. Now, insulin resistance is not like yes or no, like it's on a spectrum. So you can, it's a spectrum where, you know, towards the further end, you're insulin resistant. As you go more and more, you're more and more insulin resistant. And as you go on the other end, you're more and more insulin sensitive, right? And you want to be insulin sensitive because that means that your body responds to insulin and your cells are able to use carbohydrates and sugar for energy instead of storing them as fat in your body. But when you have PCOS, um, you are just more predisposed to be insulin resistant. So you are, in a sense, just pre-diabetic. Your body just does not respond to insulin as well. And because of that, you're not able to absorb carbs and sugar appropriately. So the longer that you continue down the road of, of exacerbating insulin resistance in your body, the closer and closer you get to developing diabetes. And that is often what happens with women with PCOS. Now, it this is not to scare anyone, right? This is just to say that it's really important to address specifically your diet to help you manage your insulin resistance. And, and I mean, insulin resistance is not just is not just dependent on your diet. I mean, um, it's dependent on all the lifestyle factors that I, I spoke about, especially stress, right? Stress can also drive your insulin resistance through the roof. Not sleeping can drive your insulin resistance through the roof, right? Over-exercising can drive your insulin resistance through the roof. So um, it's all about finding that balance, right? So if you don't address your insulin resistance, you can develop diabetes. And yes, diabetes is more prevalent amongst South Asian community, the South Asian community and South Asians in general. It's, I think, yeah, I think it, it definitely has a genetic component to it. And so more than 
likely if you are a South Asian woman with PCOS, you probably have a level of insulin resistance, right? Which is something that you definitely want to address. I hope that answers the question. <laughs> yeah. Right. Definitely. Yeah, I know. Definitely. And that pretty much wraps yeah. up all the questions I had for you. Thank you so much for answering them. And just in general, I really enjoyed our conversation. Same so here. if you're not following Coach Nush yet, please go follow her at, at Coach Nush, N-U-S-H. Um, and if you'd like to see more content on PCOS, a couple of infographics and supplemental information for this podcast, definitely check out at Brown Woman Health as well. Um, and thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.